Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. And Zach, we're back at the Novacare Complex. It's been a while. We're back here because Malik Jackson, new Eagles defensive tackle, met with the reporters, uh, talked about the contract he just signed with the Eagles, three years, $40 million. Um, he's going to be a new guy alongside Fletcher Cox. But before we get to that, we got to talk about a couple other moves the Eagles have yet to officially announce. The main one being they've traded for Deshaun Jackson. D-Jack is back. Mm-hmm. Eagles get that outside speed receiver that they've kind of been lacking since he left in 2014. What do you think of the move? Uh, I'm not completely sold on it. I don't dislike the move. Like you said, the, the deep threat element of it, they needed a deep threat. He does that as well as anyone. Led the league last year in yards per catch. Everyone who listens to this has seen the plays Deshaun makes. Can't take that away from him. That being said, he's only uh, had a thousand yard season twice in the past five years. He hasn't played all 16 games since he left the Eagles in 2013. So I don't think you're going to get the week to week consistency that you might want if you're paying someone what they're paying him. But with the role he has in the offense, he's not the top guy anymore. And between Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz and even Nelson Aguilar, Dallas Goddard, uh, I think Deshaun is going to fit in fine as long as he doesn't make a fuss about not being that top guy anymore. Well, he was kind of never really the top, quote-unquote, guy anyway. He was kind of like a 1B, one, one, you know what I'm saying? He, well, 2013. He, 2013 was the top guy, but that was really the only year. I mean, he was, in terms of explosiveness, yeah, he's your top guy. But, like, I mean, typically he averaged between 40 and 60 catches a year. Um, but I he was 1,000 yards, what, three years? 1,000-yard guys, yeah. Five years no, no, but he, was, yeah. he was a good receiver. Um I just, you know, I think what he's going to be here for is probably in that range again, maybe not as many yards. Um, I mean, you want him to be a big big play guy, but I just wonder, um, again, as you said, is he going to be happy in, in that role? Um, he seems to have matured to some extent. I, I think coming back here, he knows that he's going to have to be um, deferential to the other guys that are here. He's coming back to a different locker room. Absolutely. Um, it's not that the, the Deshaun and LaShawn show anymore. No. Yeah. So is that going to, you know, would that type of attitude fly with Carson? We know how Carson is. Um, so I think that he may just kind of assimilate into the locker room. But that being said, I'm a little skeptical about Deshaun. From football, for football reasons or non-football reasons? Primarily football, uh, non-football reasons. But football reasons, I mean, look, this, this is what happens when, when you hit – a certain age or you know a certain point in your career I mean you just all of a sudden lose it um, and I think with him if he loses that one step what else does he really have yeah you know but he hasn't lost that step yet he hasn't lost that step now is he as fast as he was in 2010 no but he's still effective I mean but he's, still, he's still he's still he's still extremely fast yeah no he's yeah. Really, he can get behind a defense and that should open up things underneath so um on paper this is a good move let me ask you this Howie Roseman always talks to us about how he when they let players go, they need to kind of remove the sentiment, the emotion associated with it. Do you think there's some sentiment associated and emotion associated with bringing Deshaun back from Howie's perspective? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't think it was the primary reason why he brought him back, but it's you know, I think I used this cliche in my story. Uh, it's a little feather in his cap in light of of how he was forced in 2014 to pretty much release a guy 
that was coming off an all-pro season and get nothing in return. I mean, let's let's you know take the take the listeners back to 2014. So Lashawn was coming off 82 catches yeah. over 1,300 yards, almost 10. You got your Sean's on. It was it was Deshaun. Oh, Des- that's, Deshaun. That's a little Marty Mordenway uh, yeah. reference there. Yeah, he's coming Deshaun off that type of season. And in the, at the parting interview in the locker room, with he's mentioned about how he kind of felt like he'd earned a, a raise. I think Chip probably at that point had already decided he didn't want him back, but I'm sure that didn't help matters. And then word had kind of started leaking in March that Deshaun was going to be on his way out, and which certainly didn't help Howie in terms of trying to get compensation for, for Deshaun Jackson. His contract didn't help matters as well. And then ultimately, he just had to release him. I mean, Howie doesn't play his cards that way, typically. It was not, and you know, at the time, Howie's never kind of publicly said, "No, this isn't a move that I wouldn't have done." But it was a move that he wouldn't have done. This As is you Chip. see, and this, and this, and this was, and this is honestly, I have some behind-the-scenes stuff that I can't really say. This is my one of my first really big indica- uh, indicators that there was a fierce battle going on between Chip and Howie, and one that Howie would eventually lose. Yeah, you saw even this past week with Michael Bennett, Howie Roseman's very, very um, prideful, if you will about getting return, getting some type of return. I He's remember, the best in the NFL doing it. Uh, there was an example, both, both you and I um, caught wind that, that Deion Lewis was on his way out, and, and I had heard, we had heard that, 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 that the Eagles were going to cut him, and how he found a way to trade him. And he didn't, I think he got a Emmanuel up for him. It wasn't like a big trade, but how he's not going to cut someone when he can get return. Right, and... It is interesting. You bring up the Michael Bennett thing. I mean, Michael's a little bit of a malcontent, and you're bringing back another one who has a history of being uh, unhappy. Um, I think Deshaun's in general be here, though. A little different than Michael Bennett, but but it's different in March than it is in October. Right. That's the thing, Deshaun. Like, there are certain guys who carry themselves like superstars. I don't know what Deshaun's like like right now. When he was here, he had a certain air about him. Um, and he was, even though, like you said, it was kind of like a, a 1A, 1B, he wasn't like Jeremy Macklin personality-wise. I mean, he was, in his eyes, he was the guy. He, well, was, the, he was the pro bowl. Jerry Car- Jeremy carried himself that way, too. Okay, fair enough. He did. He, enough. Had, he had a very high opinion but, of himself. But, um, but... I mean, that was confidence. You want that? You definitely, you certainly want that. You want that out of a receiver position, especially when you're a small guy like Deshaun. I mean, how's, I mean, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't exist. He is a freak of nature. I mean, when you run that fast, though. I mean, it, uh, well, yeah, but it's just even then, there, there's been plenty of speed guys. It just can't, it, but that's small, and to still be able to do what he yeah. he's done in the league. Honestly, they haven't listed one seventy five. There's no way he's one hundred seventy five pounds. It's just amazing that he even exists because um, he is freakishly fast. But he, I mean, there's more to him just the speed. I mean, he's very good at tracking balls. Yeah, um, he's always had pretty good hands. Uh, he's not afraid to kind of take a ball short and take it the distance running through you know defense. That's speed, but that also takes some sort of um, confidence in yourself. But to take you back to, I mean, you know, I, I, I've pretty much covered Deshaun all of his career when he was in Philadelphia. There were a lot of incidences. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. There was just, it wasn't just stuff he saw on the field, you know, dropping the ball before he goes in the end zone uh, in, a, you know, in a celebratory way. Um, there were mispractices. There were mispractices. There was a time he wouldn't field punts before the Chicago game and, and Andy benched him. There was a time, he, you know, he was benched for another game. When he when he missed a special teams practice, practice that he's supposed to attend, there was he he let I wrote a big story about this in 2011. He was just uh, I mean it was 2010. 
completely distracted by his contract situation, was really a lot of affecting, affecting his performance and his attitude. Um, and this was something that the Eagles were constantly, constantly juggling and trying to um, maintain kind of a, a status quo with him. Uh, again, I don't think he's going to be that guy when he comes back here, but it's something that is part of his history and something that you have to take into account when you are considering a trade for him. That being said, the fan base is excited about this. Understandably so. Some Sean is some, some some recall some recall the old the, the you know the craziness he put. But but the, the dynamic ability like that's what you know Deshaun. As I said, I don't think he's going to be the most consistent player, but there's going to be a. 75-yard touchdown at some point where, um, you know, where that place goes crazy. And I think that's what the Eagles are hoping for with him is that big playability. Absolutely. Um, they gave him a contract extension. He's now signed for three years at $27 million. I think that's probably pretty fair at this point. Yeah. Um, we'll see what the market is for Ty Williams signed a con- t- contract today. So we'll see what free, top free agent receivers we're getting. It was a comparable contract to what John Brown got. In Buffalo. And so. you asked me this question. I'll ask it yeah. of you. Who would you take, Deshaun or John Brown? One year, Deshaun. If you're looking at two or three years into the deal, probably John Brown. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun's a better player than John Brown. If you look yeah. at the catch percentage, and I know Brown's had a little more success on third down. Um, his catch percentage isn't really good. Yeah, I would agree Deshaun's a better player. Now, I would rather have Tyrell Williams than both of them, but... Like you said, we need to see what Tiger Williams got paid. The numbers are for that. Okay, let's talk about Malik Jackson. Uh, you and I both are on, on uh, Philly.com wrote about that we were in favor of this mm-hmm. move. Uh, the Eagles, when they got rid of Tim, they, let, they didn't pick up the option on Tim Jernigan, so they knew they were going to address defensive tackle position. In fact, even if they brought him back, they were going to address it. Uh, I think this is a really solid move because you, get, you bring in a proven guy. He's 29. Uh, he, he fits the scheme. You know, he gives you another uh, inside pass rush option alongside Fletcher Cox um, and Brandon Graham, who will probably move inside occasionally. And you don't kind of put yourself in a situation when the draft comes where you have to force your hand and force the issue and take a defensive tackle yeah. automatically in the first round. Now, they still might take a defensive tackle in the first round. Uh, this doesn't preclude them from doing that. But, you know, three years, $40 million, I think that's a fair price for this guy. Three years, yeah, $30, 30 million. Million, Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. Full disclosure to our listeners – Jeff and I were texting last Friday. Jeff was working on a story on defensive line possibilities. Um, and I saw Malik Jackson got cut, and immediately I was like, this is a guy they should look at. And then as I, and, and then over the weekend, I started looking at it more, and uh, I, I just became more um, convinced of it. So when they signed him, I thought it was a good move because I think he fits what they do. 29 years old, I, I, I still think he has – some years left. Uh, just two years ago, he had the best season of his career 2000, in 2017, was benched in 2018. But you're looking at a player who, who free agency, when free agency started three seasons ago, he was the guy. He was, the, he was what Trey Flowers was this year. He was the top defensive lineman on the market, got a six-year, $90 million contract. Um, and I think to put him on this defensive line, in this scheme, uh, it's as well as they could have done, in my opinion. Now, there are certainly questions about his, his run-stopping ability. And yeah. this, he spoke about it today. He was benched midway through the season. He didn't agree with, agree with the Jaguars. Um, I'm sure the fact that he was kind of on his way out factored into the decision. Maybe they gave out. I don't, I don't really know who the backups were. The, do you know if they were giving yeah, well, the young so, guy yeah, an Well, so they drafted Taven Bryan in the first round. Right. That's one thing. So there was a few things working there. 
But, I mean, look, I'd rather take a good pass rush guy over a good run-stop guy on the defensive line. So um, that isn't as big of a concern to me. Um, should mention, too, that apparently he's a really good guy. I think he's going to fit in well in this locker room. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have any issues with that, like you might have had with Michael Bennett. Um, so overall, good, a, good, a good move for, for Howie Roseman and the Eagles. Should mention Michael Bennett. I mean, we haven't since the last time we podcast. Uh, I think we, we kind of knew there was a chance that he wouldn't be back. You but, were all over that story. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, traded him, and basically not for much. Um, they gave up a 2025th round pick and get back a 2027th round pick. Is that correct? No, no, no. They, yeah, that's right. They, they got back. The, yeah. Right. It, it's essentially they got the back same, the 2025th round yeah. pick and they gave up a 2027th. It's round essentially pick. the same deal that traded for him. Um, yeah. Marcus Johnson's not in there, and say and it's a year later the picks. But I look at this two ways. Uh, I, know, I know Brandon Graham is a fan favorite here. Had that sack uh, to clinch the Super Bowl. I'd rather have Michael Bennett for one year on his contract than Brandon Graham for the deal they gave him. Uh, once you re-sign Brandon Graham, though. I don't think Michael Bennett was going to be happy when you determined you were going to move on from him to get something for him, essentially what you gave up, and you got one year from Michael Bennett, high production, uh, very you know the the cost is negligible. Uh, so seven point two million. I mean, for yeah. a guy that had nine sacks, so it certainly made sense he was that in the yeah. NFL and quarterback hits. Now I I don't think it, it would have worked out for them to keep him. But I can't knock the return that they got on that deal. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my thing is uh, um, that you are giving up a guy that was very productive last year. You're getting him for, what's it, $7.2 million versus what you gave Brandon Graham, which is essentially $13 million a year. And Bennett was better than Graham. Well, I agree. I said that. Yeah, but, no, I know you're saying yeah. that. I, I'm just kind of, in my point, just kind of looking through it. Graham's better run stopper than Michael Bennett. Um, and certainly in terms of leadership and what you get from him in the locker room, I think some of the Bennett stuff is is not been entirely fair to him. There were a lot of players in that locker room that liked him. He was a mentor to some guy, but some guys, but yeah, he was a squeaky wheel about about things. He can be can be selfish. And I think that was something that the Eagles decided they didn't want around the locker room anymore. Which kind of made, I mean they knew that they were getting last year. I don't, I'm not entirely sure why they made that move. How would he have been this year if they brought him back? Well, I mean, that was the thing. I mean, yeah, he was going to be unhappy. I mean, he wasn't going to be able to start with Barnett and Graham. And, if, you know, that I think would have put even more additional – well, whatever. Barnett's going to have no – no matter what, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him yep. this, this year. But if you had Bennett behind him chirping, it wouldn't have been a good situation for him. So I'm sure that factored into it as well. Um, what do you think of, like, helping out the Patriots? Like, if you're playing for Super Bowls, why are you helping out the main team that you're probably going to be competing with to win that Super Bowl? Uh, I have no issue with that. Uh, it's the opposite conference. If you're trading him to the Cowboys, okay, I would have I more know. of an objection to that. The Patriots, well, I mean, now they do play the Patriots in the regular season this year. But for all the factors that it would take to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, that would not be any issue. In, in my opinion, frankly, if they cut him loose, I think the Patriots would have made the most sense in, in terms of re-signing him as well. In terms yeah. of signing, yeah, him I mean, as the well. Patriots wanted to get him before he was on the market. Yeah. Uh, they tried to trade for him the year before, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, 
<coughs> what else has happened? Uh, we haven't really been on in a while. Brandon Graham, as we mentioned already, he's coming back. Uh, Jason Kelsey signed an extension. I think we kind of knew that that was, was going to happen. The only question sort of was like whether he's going to retire. This kept him from one of the things that helped keep him from retiring. Jason Peters? Jason Peters is, is uh, I think we both... Uh, you know, expected, after, that. expected that after Doug and Howie spoke. Very fair combine. contract. Were you surprised Jason agreed to? No, because I think he, I think he had no leverage. Yeah. Is he going to go play for another team at this point in his career? Is another team going to sign him for what he wants to be signed at at this point in his career? No. It was either this or he's going to retire. How about Nelson Aguilar staying on the books? Nelson Aguilar coming back, not. Um, well, I, I, I would say this is the that was the least that was the most likely scenario that they would bring him back at nine point four million. Um, the more I looked at it and talked to people about it. Um, but, I mean, there's certainly some question about, after, especially after bringing Deshaun Jackson and whether you want to put that much money into that position. He's going to get $9.4 million uh, to play the slot and be like the, well, there's, it's hard for me to say who's the first, second, third, fourth option, but he's not going to be the first option. And he's probably not going to be the second option in a lot of plays. Um, but he's unwilling to restructure because he's getting $9.4 million. And and the Eagles, they love playing eleven personnel. You you got to have a, a good third uh, option there. It's Deshaun, is he going to play all sixteen games? You know, um, that's one of the things you have to factor in. Uh, so but, but I'm not even surprised that Nelson's coming back. I, I I mean, I could see getting rid of him. I mean, at that number is what I'm saying. Yeah, at that number. I mean, you can use that money towards towards other, running back, other positions. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, that's where it is once you make the trade for Deshaun, then it's about budget allocation at wide receiver. I think Nelson Aguilar is worth that contract. What I wonder is your third receiver when you have an elite tight end, when you have a tight end, your second tight end was your highest drafted player last year. So in some games, Nelson might be your, your fifth option in the passing game, fourth or fifth option in the passing game. Um, is that worth the price? That's what I don't know about. Uh, if they had brought Nelson back at that number, I thought they would address the outside receiver spot in the draft, and they'd have a guy on his rookie contract on the outside. To have three guys uh, on, you know, making big money at, at, at wide receiver, that did surprise me. Yeah, but Deshaun's cat numbers are going to be huge this year, and you know, you only have Nelson for one more year. I mean, you want to win a Super Bowl this year. Let's see what they do. At, does at, Nelson, give you, does Nelson give you your best option versus what else you could get? Let's see what they do in the, in the, in the backfield. I mean, I'm not convinced that, that whoever they draft is going to be a starter. You know, he's going to be the guy you need. I think they need to address that position. Uh, it was a major weakness last year. Now, I, I know they plan on having Jay Ajayi and he got hurt. Um, but it's been something each, each year. It's been a patchwork solution. I think they, they need to do something at that position. And if money is the problem. Then you look at at the money they're allocating the wide receiver. Yeah, I, did you think for a second that maybe after Jordan Hicks walked, that all right, now now he's gone too because it was the last of the uh, Chip Kelly 2015 uh, uh, offseason moves. <laughs> that crossed my mind, but I I do know Doug really likes Nelson. Doug does like Nelson, and I think he stuck by him in 2016, yep. and and likes the way he's he's kind of soldiered through that. Now he's a hard worker. Now he's a kind yeah. of oh, first yeah. in, last out, last out kind of guy. So. Uh, Culture-wise, you're not really worried about him. And I think Howie likes Nelson as well. I think this, um, yeah, it remains to be seen what the move works or, works or not, but I think I kind of understand it. Um, 
We don't need to talk about Nick Foles. We've addressed that enough. Plenty of He's times. in Jacksonville. Yep. All right, well, let, here, running back. I mean, we, we get to stay on running back real quick. Tevin Coleman's still out there as of this taping. Um, Mark Ingram signed for three years, $15 million. Mm-hmm. He's older, though, 29. He's older. Um, but I think that, that sets the, the bar pretty oh, yeah. favorably for the Eagles. I mean, especially when Le'Veon Bell didn't get blown out of the gym in terms of, you know, the the contract he got. Running so, backs don't get paid. So Tevin Coleman is, is the player who... Back in February, I, th- I thought the Eagles should go after at running back. We talked yeah, about you the combine him quickly, um, and I I think they should go after him now. I, I don't think he has a lot of tread on his tires. I think he, he can do everything for you. Um, I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, now there are teams out there who might be looking for a running back. Whether you're looking at Houston, um, you know, there's a few other teams in the mix there. Uh, San Francisco, even though they have Jarek McKinnon, you can never rule them out because they have money to spend. Uh, so I'm curious to see, but if the Eagles can sign if the Eagles can sign Tevin Coleman, I think it will be a very good signing, and I think it will significantly improve their offense. Is there anybody else out there, if they don't sign him, that you think can kind of fill that vacancy that would excite you? Yeah, I mean, uh, TJ Yeldon's okay. I don't think that, that really excites you, unless he plays up to what he was when he was a second-round pick. I like Spencer Ware more than most. Spencer Ware is not a guy you sign and hand him the job they want as your starter, but uh, he's someone who Doug Peterson has a background with. And then in the trade market, I think Duke Johnson, if you're doing a shared backfield, makes a lot of sense as a guy who can catch the ball, and, and, and he can run well too. So I would pay attention to Duke Johnson. What about Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard, yeah. I like Jordan Howard, but he's going into the last year of his contract. So Joe Douglas guy. That's another patchwork solution. Joe Douglas guy. Joe Douglas guy, and you, and you need to match him up with – Someone who can catch the ball, um, which they can certainly get in the draft, but or they can bring Sproles well, they back. They have Corey. They have Corey. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely and wouldn't. Smallwood. I, I, <laughs> I definitely would not object to Jordan Howard, but because he's entering the last year of his deal, um, I would give up a day three pick, like a, a, a sixth round pick, a fifth or sixth round. Yeah, pick. Yeah, I wouldn't give up much for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen this before in in recent years that like. You feel like Howie's going to do something on running back and doesn't end up doing anything. He just kind of waits and waits and waits and just kind of takes. Now they've got no, they got they got they got buy on it. I mean, Howie was asked about this question at the, at the combine, mm-hmm. and and Howie, you know, if you read between the lines, he pretty much explained everything he was going to do. And then when we asked him about running back, he's like, "Well, we won a Super Bowl with with you know like Garrett Blunt, and after uh, Sproles went down, we went and got Jay Ajayi. You know, like he feels like that's something he can do at some point and still be successful. I think that's how he always looks at running back. Well, if you're giving up a fourth round pick to get a guy like Jay Ajayi, who has, at that point, a year and a half left on his deal. I mean, that's that was a big trade for Howie. If, if you're going to trade for a running back, I certainly understand it. That being said, I don't think you can go into the draft bear at, at, at that position. Um, unless, you th- unless you're going to take Josh Jacobs in the first round, um, you really need to trust your scouting department. There's guys I like in this draft. I'm sure there's guys you like in this draft. But it's not the way it was two years ago when you had – you know, ten plus starters available in the draft. Right. They, I, I, they. Ha- I mean, you and I agree. They have to do something. They don't have to, but I feel like they have to do something before the draft so they're not pushing a need. Um, give them some sort of viable option. You know, this guy's going to be there, and then maybe you can kind of, in some of the later rounds, get a young developmental running back. We've seen other teams have been able to do that. Um, third, fourth, fifth rounds, and get a, a good so guy. On the other side of the ball, I'm curious. Do you think? 
they need to replace Jordan Hicks at linebacker? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, so um, you think they need to bring someone in? You don't think Camus or Nate Gary are? Because I, mean, I, I don't think I think ultimately you don't want um, Nigel calling plays and doing all that. Okay. He, he did, did it. Role. He did it. Yeah. He did it after after Jordan went down. But if you talk to him, he didn't yeah. love doing it. Um. So I, I, yeah, I mean that's you lose a guy that that you don't have to worry about that in that regard. But they've gotten by uh, without him, and that's probably what they were looking at. I mean, Jordan got more than I thought he was going to get. I mean, you told I, me at the combine this guy's going to get paid. Yeah, Did I you found think he's going to get paid that much. I mean, I heard he's going to get paid, and the Eagles were basically out. But it, it takes me back to when we uh, we spoke to him at the. Uh, the exit interviews in the locker room, and I said something about the one-year show-me deal, and he kind of, like, paused. And, and, and I thought that was kind of a viable option. And yeah. He, he kind of, like, scoffed at it. Yeah. And now I know why. Yeah, he didn't have to take no one-year show-me nah, deal. He's a good player. Now, the, the injury concern is a real thing. Um, he's missed a lot of time. Ended two years in IR. Has uh, missed over 20 games in his career. But when he's on the field, he, he can do everything. He can cover. Yeah. He can stop the run. He's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. Um, so I, I I like him. Now, there's a lot of risk paying in that because he could get hurt. But when he's on the field, um, I, I think Jordan Hicks The explosive plays, the big playmaking plays haven't been there the last several years. Like they were, remember, early in, the, early in his career. Yeah. Now, some of that to do with the injuries. I, I get that. Um, I, I, I thought it was a pretty easy decision to let Jordan walk. For that number, yes, because the Eagles don't invest well, in that for that position. number and everything. I mean, you factor in... Everything. I think it was just. I think it was an easy decision for them to make uh, at that position. So I don't know what they're going to do at linebacker. They're they're not going to spend at that position. They gave Nigel a contract, a pretty pretty healthy contract. Um, last last off season. Last off season. Last off season. So, um, you know, they got Camus coming back. Nate Gary, Paul Warlow. <laughs> They'll, they'll, they'll sign some cheap guy, and then they'll probably draft some guy, and then try and get by on I that. would also look at the trade market. If, if you want a name that I think would make a lot of sense is uh, Darren Lee from the Jets. First-round pick in 2016 there. He's, he's on the market. And, yeah, they just signed C.J. Mosley to a lot of money. Um, I, you know, it, it will be a, a change of scheme, but he's a, he's a real fast linebacker who can cover. I think that's what the Eagles Kendrick's, like. Kendrick's is a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, that's I'm cool. joking. Should mention Stephen Wisniewski. The Eagles didn't pick up his option. Yep. He's not coming back. I mean, you know, I think they feel like Brandon Brooks is going to be back at some point. But even even so, they really like Matt Pryor. I think it's probably more about Matt Pryor than you like than Matt Brandon Pryor Brooks. too. You I like, like, I like Matt Pryor, but <laughs> you know, I don't, what I, I, I don't know. No, but I, 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 you know who I also liked? Dylan Gordon. <laughs> Dylan Gordon. <laughs> no, but now, Dylan Gordon had more than. No, uh, but to your credit, uh, you and I were watching training camp practice, and you said, "I, I like this Matt Pryor guy. He can play." Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. He's fifth round. Player. And then Nate Sudfeld gave him the second round tender. Yes. Um, yeah, the Eagles have not signed it. I think they want to bring in a veteran quarterback, but Tyrod Taylor uh, ended up signing with the Chargers. I think that's probably a better situation for him. Play for Anthony Lynn. Um, He's, he'll be he'll be no doubt this back up there. Here, they so the guy they bring in is going to have to probably compete for that job. But they want them they want him to push Nate Sudfeld. So, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I think Ryan Fitzpatrick makes sense, uh, but I don't know if it makes sense for for. I think it makes sense for the Eagles more than it does for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a hard sell to a veteran backup because in most cases those guys want to compete for. He beat the Eagles job. last year. You know no, no, no. I'm saying it's it, it's it's a hard sell. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. like, yeah. I mean, yeah. He beat the Eagles last year. He, yeah. yeah, that's what he's looking at. Yeah, uh, but 
But there are those players out there. And then, I mean, depending on what happens in Miami, Ryan Tannehill could hit the market. Although he could, I heard, or I, I should say I heard, I read, he could end up with the Jets as their backup. Yeah, I think him, Blake Bortles, they'll, they'll be in situations better than they, than they can have here. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's uh, it's still early in this process. And the good thing is we probably can, we'll probably be back tomorrow and talk again on well, uh, the, the, it sounds like Deshaun Jackson's going to be down here talking. At 10.30 a.m. Me with the media. And I'm sure by then there'll probably be another move. Um, or two, um, and then we'll talk to you then. All right, well, thanks for listening to the Bird's Eye View podcast. That's Zach Berman on Jeff McLean. We'll talk to you tomorrow.